Blog Talk Radio.
When I hang around with the underground girls, I used to frown, sing them down when I come around, gas me, and when they pass me, they used to lay back. But now they watch me on Yo MTV Raps today with Ed Lover and Dr. J. Oh, man, what a mix by DJ Waheed. We're definitely going to be playing that at the end of the show. And hello, ladies and gentlemen, and good evening to you. We are finally here. It is Sunday. From PLM in Chicago, I am LeVar. This is the next-to-last show for Spontaneous' annual celebrity birthday celebration for 2020, and I'm glad to be a part of it and glad that you are here. And definitely on behalf of her and I, I'd like to take this opportunity to thank each and every one of you that is listening tonight, who has listened over the last couple of weeks. We're going to have a lot of fun here tonight, and I'm excited, I'm honored, uh, to definitely introduce my guest tonight. And I'd like to say, uh, personally for me, in the annals of hip-hop, uh, he definitely has a place at the forefront and has seen you know, everything from 
that point from MTV, which you well know him tonight, in which he collaborated with his longtime friend at Lover. You know, Dr. J, Dr. Dre has been a VJ uh, hosting the groundbreaking UNTV Raps, uh, also as a DJ on the radio in New York for all of you who are familiar with him there, and also as a DJ for the Beastie Boys, a musician who's well known for his work with Original Concept. Uh, Pump That Bass actually is one of my favorites, so I don't think he knows that. I will tell him that. And it's an honor to have here tonight on this PLM radio exclusive for PLM in Chicago, the legendary Dr. Dre. How are you, sir? Good evening. Happy birthday, Spawn. Happy birthday. As we said before, she's the the one, the only, only person that can ring me up to get more than one interview for her birthday month. So congratulations to her on her birthday month. I, I, it's, it's a leap year, so we're all leaping in the right way. And you know what? Thank you so much. I did not know that you felt pumped. That bass is one of your favorite songs. <laughs> a lot of people didn't realize how uh, extensive my musical catalog was because I get confused so much with the NWA uh, producer of Snoop Dogg and other other great folks out there, the other Dr. Dre. And I always found it interesting that when I listen to Boys in the Hood, <laughs> Eddie Samples, Pump That Bass, and Can You Feel It Acknowledge Me, some of the early original concept work, I go, well, dang, I must have done something pretty good. <laughs> you did, you did. and I, I, you, you joked about it, but, you you know, when people hear Dr. Dre, you know, there is you, and then there's Dr. Dre. Do you get tired of people always asking, well, how do you feel about that? Do you get tired of that? I don't, I don't, I don't get tired of that at all. I addressed that in my upcoming book, The Dr. Dre Episodes, 1989 to 1995, which basically deals with my life on MTV and becoming a part of Yo! MTV Raps today with my, my my partner, Ed Lover, which we weren't really called VJs. We were called hosts. We, we It was really like a special title because they didn't know what to call us at the time because we were doing something that had never been done on the channel. So we were called hosts, and we, we took a little bit of time that they gave us, and we tried to make uh, uh, the most of it. So we were blessed with that. So... Um, big up to him, big up to T-Money, who was your mailman. Big up to Peter Darty, Ted Demi, who had the forethought to put us together so Ed and I could host that daily show. And, of course, a great big shout-out to my man Fab Five Freddy, because if Fab said, nah, I'll do the daily show, Ed and I would have been still sitting on the outside trying to sell hamburgers and french fries. Who knew? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, before we kind of – and I definitely want to talk about the book, and before we get into everything else tonight – I guess I want to ask you here, your history with Spontaneous. How long have you known her? And tell us a little bit about your association with uh, Spont. Oh, wow. I can't even begin to tell you about this Philadelphia native who I met. I don't want to give a time and a date how many years we've known each other. But the interesting thing is from the time we first met to where we are right now, it's like brother and sister. Like we, we, went, we may not speak for a little bit of time, but you know how – you have such a connection with a person, as soon as you pick up the phone, it's like no time has passed at all. You just play a little catch-up, and then you say, okay, where are we going from here? So, yeah, I've known her through her career, and I've always admired her career, plus a lot of other people who she knows with a career in that in that field. But the one thing about it is that when we were pulling together this thing that uh, started out as rap music slash hip-hop culture, you know, we reached all people from all walks of life, and we right. put that on the forefront. So we didn't shy away if you worked in a business and at that time you were called a stripper or you were called a porn star, or you were called, you know, outside in the drug game, you name it. Hip-hop and rap music galvanized 
that life and put it on record and then put it on the screen. So what we did when we got an opportunity with Young TV Raps, we had an opportunity to actually put it on your television screen like it's never been done before. Not that Young TV Raps was the first, but what we did is we had the opportunity to make sure we could broadcast it from East Coast to West Coast, and eventually right. we could broadcast it around the globe and have such a global impact, which always astonished us. And the funny part about it is when Young TV Raps today first started, a lot of people in New York didn't have it. <laughs> it was just it was because cable wasn't available to everyone. But when right. we went outside of New York and we started going to different parts of Florida, Miami, basically two live crew. We went to Atlanta, back there with MC Shy D and company. You went to Detroit. You went to uh, Texas, Houston, uh, San Antonio. And you went out west to Los Angeles. And you went up north into Oak Town. And, and all of a sudden, Young TV Raps today was, was the biggest thing, bigger than 60 Minutes. Because everything that we did and everything we had to do was played as one. It wasn't played and separated. It was, a, it, was a, it was the greatest uniter of people in music that I think has ever come across. And it's just a shame that like, right now we're more decisive and divisive, I should say, not decisive, divisive right. than we've ever been. And it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate. Mm-hmm. When I have to say rest in peace to Papa Smoke out there and they're still trying to figure out what happened there. And we're still doing the same things that make no sense. So when we say rest in peace to Tupac and Biggie, over, again, this is about music, man. It's about making people happy. It's about informing people. It's about educating, uh, empowering, and giving people a proper voice, men, women, and everyone. So when you talk about my relationship with Spontaneous, I got to say one thing and one thing over. Go on, woman. I don't even want to say go girl no more. I say go <laughs> woman, go lady, because you I want to give, uh, especially our queen. And first of all, for... Uh, the people out here tell you just how nice and how generous Dr. Dre was when I first talked to him a few weeks ago about coming on and doing this show. I generally, with any guest that comes on this broadcast, and it is you know well known sometimes that people get questions ahead of time. First thing Dr. Dre told me was that he didn't want any questions ahead of this show tonight. So everything that you are hearing from him is from the heart unrehearsed and unknown because he does not know what I'm going to ask him tonight. And I guess you're reading my mind because that was the first question that I was going to ask you in regards to what's going on here in the hip-hop world because in the last year, you know, we, growing up for me, and I'm not sure if, you know, you you being at the, you know, having a seat to all this has seen such a year in which we lost a lot of good talent, whether it's to violence, you know, such as Nipsey Hussle, or pop smoke, or to drugs such as Juice World, is is this like a different era for hip hop? And I guess how you know can we get it as to where we can get some of these artists living a longer life than I mean most of these are kids. I mean you think about it. I mean a lot of them didn't First make it past foremost. twenty or twenty five. I mean this is totally a different era besides what I grew up seeing. First and foremost, and you're in Chi Town. We have to eliminate, and I have a program called the Health and Wellness Revolution uh, campaign, and it deals with gun violence. It deals with um, climate change. It deals with uh, nutrition and wellness. It deals with homelessness. It deals with all these different things that we're putting together as we speak. Here's the situation we're in right now. We're now at a point in time where the younger generation believed Getting to 25 is old school. 
I really want to take that term and stop using old and school together because the thing is there's knowledge from past, present, and future. There are certain benefits that they have today because we didn't have a technology called the Internet at that time when this whole thing started. We were the Internet. They didn't, we didn't have cell phones that did more than just basically – we used to carry like a um, attache case with a phone at one point. You can go back to Lethal Weapon, the first movie, where you see Danny Glover carrying this jet thing on the side and dialing on a phone. The only person right. I knew who had a phone when I was growing up was Adam West and Burt Ward when he was driving the Batmobile. And I was like, that's so cool. Look at that. I got to get that in my life. So when you, when you realize that, we're losing great artists. We're losing great human beings. Right. And that's what the health and wellness revolution is about. It's about getting people to go back to the humanity of life and how important life is. And that's what the celebration of what the music was all about. Because as the music began and as the messages came through, Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five, we were discussing what the experiences we had, but we were also saying we have to find a better way for a better future. You know, when you talk about Run DMC, what it's like that, and that's the way it is, and then you go to Run DMC, walk this way. I mean, look at that bridge they crossed. Yeah. Look at that from Rock Box, the King of Rock, to walk this way onto the future. When you deal with the Beastie Boys, that's a whole different other strategy, um, uh, visualization of what rap music slash hip hop was about. And that's what I said. Hip hop was a counterculture of the mainstream that brought us together, and we had a supporting, you know, cast. I mean, we did songs like Self Destruction featuring KRS One, Public Enemy, MC Light, um, right. uh, Heavy D. I mean, the list goes on in that song. Where were all those songs today? Yeah. Where are the young artists stepping up and saying, this has to stop? I mean, when Nipsey Hussle was assassinated, because I don't say he got murdered, he was assassinated because his, his um, assailant came back and made sure he finished the job. We don't know all the details. But look what happened to him. Yeah. And it's like this, this this thing has been going on. I mean, before there was uh, Notorious B.I.G. and Tupac, this has been going on in our street forever. So I call that it's time to have a revolution and health and wellness action for us to stop the violence against us. Don't blame this on a white guy. We can go after cops all day long. But I have relatives, friends. Uh, people who are in law enforcement, and I don't think they're always right. I don't think some of them are always wrong. But sometimes we have to look within ourselves because I don't see people in the Jewish community gunning each other down. I don't see people in the Asian community gunning each other down. I don't see people in the Italian community. Well, yeah, they do gun each other down. But it's a different (laughs) thing. It's a different thing. And the point I'm trying to make with this is we've got to get back to letting this this movement, this hip-hop creation that's worldwide, Worldwide, where's the what's going on for Marvin Gaye? Where's the it takes a nation of millions to hold us back? Where's the straight straight out of Compton's again? Where where are those things? Social media platform and antagonizing a fight. Why aren't we trying to say, wait a minute, I disagree with you, and I'm allowed to disagree with you without becoming violently disagree with you. Right. And that's a very strong point. Even even um, a great mentor Malcolm X once said. You know, he was about the equality without giving up the persecution and the ability to rise above, rise above our situation and our station. So us running around 
And understand this is a this is an election year, one of the most important election years. And you hear this every time every four years because everybody always disagrees whoever's sitting in the hot chair. Because when 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 uh, President Obama was in the hot chair, people, we we as people disagreed with him. But look at what he accomplished. Then you let someone who comes right behind him and tear it all down, and we're just sitting back, stroking our thumbs, going, "Well, you know, I think it, this one should be in charge. No, this one should be in charge." And throwing complaints about each other, and all you're doing is giving more fuel to the person that needs to be taken out of that office space. Right. He's put us in a, in, he's taken us beyond chaos. So that's what really health and wellness revolution is about, getting us to get back to humanity, giving us an opportunity to bring back the joy in entertainment, bring back the joy of the music. Of course, we want to illustrate what's going on around us. That's very important. That was one of the biggest things that drew me into getting involved with uh, rap music and hip-hop because I was a street DJ. I DJed in parks. I DJed in strip clubs. I DJed in my community centers. I mean, I carried records. I carried speakers. I did all that stuff. But I don't hold any of that against today's um, young artists. What I say to them is, where is the new messages that are coming out that are bringing yeah. forth change? Where are you, you guys just... coming together saying, you know what? I'm tired of going to memorials. I'm tired of blasting it off on Facebook. We got to come together, and where's the next self-destruction? We have to right. end it. That we can control. Yeah. We can you... control that. Do you happen to see any voices that have that potential to be that voice to get people to wake up? Well, I hear like the Kendrick Lamars, he he's 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 budgeting it, burgeoning into that that avenue and some of the J. Cole stuff and there's a lot of people a lot of young people out there trying to make that 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 um a lot of a lot of them out there. I don't know all their names per se one-to-one-to-one, because at this time, this is a beautiful time for the music industry because you no longer have the excuse of, oh, well, I got to go to a rec company. Hopefully I can get a deal. Oh, I got to do this. You actually can actually put your talent and your artistry on any musical platform and roll the dice like everybody else. And if you catch on, it's great. If you don't, oh, well, back to the drawing board. But the other side of that coin is there's no filter. And the one thing that the old recording industry had was a big filter. So it filtered out all the stuff that wasn't quite ready. Do I think it's wrong that I'm saying? I'm not saying censor. I'm saying filter, which is different. So when Little Kim comes out with a song um, with with Queen B, I used to be scared of the blank, handle it like a real blank. I used to walk in the office at Hot 97 looking at all the women around and saying, don't you ever tell me not to call you a bitch. This is ridiculous, but you'll sing that. But on the other hand, don't say that. See, that's the hypocrisy. So we got to get past those hypocrisies that exist. Yes, we love this song. There used to be a time when there were songs that were played in the club, anthem club songs, and there was stuff that was played on the radio. Now that's all dismissed because it's all exposed. Do I think it's right? I can't call that one because when we were coming up, we wanted everything played, and that was right. what made my radio show at um, Adelphi University at WBAU. So important, and you know, and meeting my my good friend Mr. Bill Stephanie, and meeting Chuck D there, and getting along with Spectrum City and uh, MC DJ Flavor, aka Flavor Flav, and bringing my group the concept with uh, T Money and uh, DJ Easy Rock and Rapper G all into this thing. We we blended and bonded to create a strength and make sure what we exposed was again educate educate entertainment, <laughs> entertainment, education empowerment, and experience. And that's what I'm trying to see now. And I'm, I'm looking at great people who are doing great things, 
where a lot of athletes now are trying to put schools together so we can educate our own communities and build forth because that's been needed for so long. But it also existed but not as widespread because of the technology. And because we have the technology, before we go pointing fingers and say, oh, why would you build a school over here? Why would you do this here? Why, why, why? At least they're trying. They're doing something. Right. And we need to embrace those things and say, well, come on, let's do these things. Creating my foundation, Dr. Dre Victory Foundation, is, is to empower people, not to also say, just go my way. It's to say, I'm trying to build a broad coalition of folks that we could say, this is what we really need to get done. So when I look at who's the front runner in politics right now, whether I agree or disagree, I really don't care. I said the number one mission has to be the removal of the person sitting at 1600 White House, at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. That has to be the number one mission. And everybody has to go out and vote November 3rd because it's going to get ugly. It's only February, and it hasn't even gotten ugly yet. Speaking of uh, educating, uh, well, first question is, one, late last year there were a lot of articles in regards to your health. First of all, how are you doing? Second of all, it, it seems that, uh, and I do thank you because diabetes definitely affects, you know, whether, you know, somebody sits there at night and like, oh, I can't think of anyone who, you know, is affected by that. I'm affected by that by loved ones as well as friends who now, you know, are uh, coming to grips with how to change their lifestyle, and you have done a lot of that uh, using your voice on uh, lifestyle changes as well. How are you doing? And I know you've got a lot of irons in the fire as well as trying to get the word out about diabetes right now. Uh, so pretty much tell the folks out here and give them an update. I want We'd rather hear it from you than, I guess, hear it in the media, but how are you doing? Well, you're going to hear it in both. That's That's why... Again, yeah. I'm assembling this thing together, and I need people like yourself, Spawn, DJ Effects, um, a lot of folks out there. Um, my health for me is going well. I'm a type 2 diabetic, visually impaired, meaning blind. Um, I have what they call shark in both my ankles, where my ankles collapse, so it makes it difficult for me to, to walk. I just found some solutions to some things that I didn't have before. I met with a gentleman named uh, Nathaniel Jordan. Uh, the Minister of Wellness, and he put me onto a program that's changed my life. I'd spent the last seven to eight years reaching out to all different type of holistic doctors, pharmaceutical doctors, and trying to find a better way to deal with the situation. And my discovery came out is that this last person I reached out to, and he put me onto his book. It's called Eat to Live by Dr. Joe Furman, and I read it. And people say, well, how'd you read it if you're blind? You can't read it, Vic. Yes, you can read it. You go, you go pick up the Audible book. You pick up the audio one, and you sit and you listen to it. And I suggest that for a lot of folks because it makes it easier to do in your daily life. And I changed completely my diet. And in the past three months, not only have I lost weight, the lymphoma I had on my left leg is where you have swelling of your, um, your part has gone away. My, my, uh, Taste buds have totally changed. And I'm going to what they say, use a plant-based diet thing. It's just okay. more than that. The thing is what's going on with us right now, why this disease has 1.5 billion people worldwide attached to it is because the foods we're eating are poisoning us. When you're going to go stand online for a chicken sandwich, you're just putting more poison into your body. When you say, oh, I'm going to grab this fast, I'm going to do this quick, 
you got to understand the effects of what that does by what you're ingesting. So when right. you get that to that position and you start to understand that, you have to make changes. And when you make those changes, things will change with your body. It just will. And also for the folks here, I know you mentioned it on uh, a previous uh, broadcast in which we did an interview with you, but you are working on a book, which I'm I'm kind of excited to hear what you have to say, especially uh, for, I guess, being in the the first view of hip-hop as it really popularized. So tell us a little bit about the upcoming book that you're working on. It's going to be two books, right? Well, basically, I wrote I wrote it already. And, again, my friend Chuck, <laughs> I went to go uh, one of his uh, lectures he was having at our alma mater, Delphi University, and we went out to dinner afterward. And he said, Dre, I'm sick and tired of you telling me stories. But I did an interview with him for my podcast called Two Blind Mics with Thomas Reed. And he said, Dre, I'm sick of you doing these, 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 you have these great stories. You need to put it in a book. Matter of fact, I'm going to pay the writer to write the book with you. I said, Chuck, now you know me. You know, I'm going to tell the whole story. He said, yeah, Dre, we don't need a, we don't need a War and Peace volume versus book. I said, but you understand the stories and stuff that I'm going to come from. He said, yeah. So I, I, I sat down and started laying out outlines for what I wanted to say. And I got it, finished it up, and it was pretty extensive, but we found that it was a, it was longer than we thought. So we said, let's just put it in half and give them the first half and then give them another half after we're done. And I think after they, after they get this, because we thought it was uh, compelling enough for folks to get two sides of the coin. And as I said, basically it talks about my life on MTV and walking into that uh, channel at the time before there was a uh, large – rap video coalition. Not that it didn't exist, because we were blessed with Ralph McDaniels and Lionel Lionel Martin with video music box out here, which we used to watch on the in the afternoons. Uh we also had um different local shows at the time that, that uh New York Hot Tracks had video shows. I mean you had a lot of local stuff. And even when right. we were at BAU, we were starting to dabble into the video world also and see if we could do like a UHF, which is like um what you would call like a streaming network of its earlier day. Yeah. So we, we dabbled into that. And I said, well, let's write this book and let's see what, what comes of it. And this Chuck was getting the transcri- transcriptions of each episode. I call them episodes rather than chapters. He was like, this is amazing. It's amazing. So I said, don't worry about editing it. Let's do the whole thing out. When we finally got it all out, we started transcribing it. It got bigger and bigger. <laughs> and, I, and the thing is, I self-edited myself a lot. I only told the highlights of certain stories because I didn't have the time and I didn't want the book to be boring to people. I wanted it to be like, wow, so what happens next? What happens next? What <laughs> happened here? And I, exp- I explained some of my experiences, what I went through, because you got to understand something for me growing up out here in Westbury, really Newcastle, Westbury, Long Island. I mean, I saw MTV because I had cable out here. We were no. like the first area that had cable everywhere. But I said, there's no way this fat black, Negro <laughs> to go on MTV and do anything. I said, I don't even fit the MTV type. I'm huge. I'm big. I'm big because I'm a DJ. I do this. But I don't fit that MTV gen, you know, that, that look. So, I mean, I grew up watching downtown Julie Brown and J.J. Johnson and, and, and that crew and the, and, the, and, and the other DJs who I became very close with, you know, and, and got to know and said, wow, I don't fit a size 24 pants. I can't do that. But the one thing we discovered in doing this and uh, 
when we started talking about how we how we wanted to do your TV raps, especially today, we programmed the show because I came from programming and understood what needed to be done with that. And we said, whatever we do, do not bend to be MTV. Let us be ourselves on MTV. And that's right. what the significance of why Dr. Dre and Lover and T-Money worked so well on that show because we didn't do anything that was normally what you saw. So we pushed the envelope. We pushed the envelope from the way the camera camera work happened on the show, from our guests. I mean, we had we had great rap artists on our show. I mean, yeah. we brought Bobby Brown on the show when he was number one, and MTV couldn't get him on MTV. But because Ed and I were hanging out at a party, and we saw Bobby, he said, yeah, man, we're taping tomorrow. You should come by the thing. We never thought Bobby was going to show up. So who shows up? Bobby Brown. So we put him on the show for a whole week. And then you got to read the rest of the book to see how that worked out. We had the Godfather, Soul, the number one soul brother, James Brown, was on our show. We had the the uh, um, great legendary actors like John Amos and Pam Greer, Foxy Brown, on our show. We had Mel Gibson, and we've had Howard Stern, who was on our show. So the thing about Yo was everybody wanted to be a part of Yo. Even when Adam Sandler was doing remote control with, um, with Ken Ober and company and Colin Quinn, all became good friends of ours. Everybody wanted to hang out with Yo. Everybody. It was a place to be. It's just so interesting how that that show galvanized, even brought MTV together in its own way. But it was like a great, it was a great blessing. But it started to become a curse because we got bigger than what the channel was. And you have to read in the book more about what that's about. By the way, for those of you just tuning in, welcome to this PLM Radio exclusive interview with my special guest, Dr. Dre. You mentioned Yo MTV Raps. It, you know, being there on that show, I, I'm pretty sure back then when it first started, you first started out with Ed, you certainly didn't think of the impact that it would probably have even now. Who were some of your favorite artists to have on the show, or do you have any particular uh, memory that sticks out for you in your time on the show? Well, the, the greatest memory of doing that show is we always thought it was a summer job. <laughs> you know how you go work for the summer and then at the end of the summer, okay, we're done. See you again another time. We we never thought the show would last as long as it did. We never thought that um, we were doing something special. It never it never crossed our mind. Even when things started to really blow up and started to really be like the impact, because when the show first came on, it didn't air in the boroughs. It didn't air in the Bronx like that. It didn't air in Queens. It didn't air in Brooklyn. It didn't air in Staten Island. It didn't air, I mean, in parts of Jersey. It just it wasn't there. But on Long Island, everyone saw it. So I was like, wow. And people were like, you got a TV show? How'd you get a TV show? Um, some of our, our best guests, but I've even told this before, our first guest on Yo! MTV Raps was a woman who was a Grammy Award winning um, writer, singer, songwriter. She just had a big play on Broadway. Carol King. She was the first guest on your own TV rap today because she was sitting on she was sitting on the bleachers while we were taping the show and she was cracking up and laughing at Ed and I. So we walked over and we said, um, Ted, who is that? And he walked over to us, I'll find out. He said, Hey man, that's Carol King. I said, That is Carol Yo, can she be on the show? And he said, Are you kind of serious? She doesn't she's not in the rap music. Doesn't matter. Bring her on the show. So we brought her on the show, we sat down, we talked to her. It was about the musical experience we were discussing, not whether she knew who Eric B. and Rakim were, not if she knew who Public Enemy was, not if she knew who the DOC was. 
What it was is she had a musical experience, and that's yeah. what made it so bonding to everything because it did not matter. So everyone who saw us was like, whoa, I can hook up with Dre. That, this is cool. This is cool. I mean, that's how I met uh, Matt Damon and Ben Affleck because I, I was working at a, I was working on a different network at the time. And I walked in a room, and Ben Affleck started shouting at me, oh, Jesus, look at it. It's the evil empire, because I was wearing a New York Yankees hat. <laughs> I said, what are you talking about? You guys haven't won anything anytime. You guys are losers. This is prior to Boston Red Sox winning a World right. Series. But yeah. the impact of Yo! TV raps let me know how deep that was. I mean, even when we went to L.A. and Eddie Murphy was working on his movie, The Distinguished Gentleman, we went out and we did interviews with Eddie Murphy at the time, who was the biggest star in Hollywood. I mean, you're talking about that was the impact of yo. Everybody wanted to be on yo because you could have a voice and you could you could tell your story your way. And I mean, in Tupac's great interview that we've done, that became a uh, also uh, Achilles heel for him because they used it in court <laughs> against him. <laughs> and that's what Ed was trying to tell him: be quiet, said, dude, don't be quiet, don't say that, you can't say that. They could use it in court, and they did. Mm-hmm. But that's that was yo on TV raps. That's what it was, and we we understood that. But we understood we could make the hot dog guy as important as Shaquille O'Neal running through and taking my coat off my back. That's what the OMT Raps was about. You know, DJs are, you know, to me, because I grew up uh, listening to a lot of music, learned from my dad. And for you as a person of music, who do you listen to? If we were to say, hey, I want to see your uh, your playlist, who do you like? Oh, for credit. People ask me all the time, I said, do you realize I got six decades in my head of music, plus the more? <laughs> I mean, I can go from Bach to Beethoven to Brahms to Louis Armstrong to Hal- Herb Alpert and Tijuana Brass. I can get down with Tom Brown. I, can, I mean, I'm talking about this is just, that's just for the musical side. I can get into Aerosmith before it was just walk this way. I'm in the Led Zeppelin. I'm in. I mean. I mean. The list goes on. Chicago, the Earth, Wind, and Fire is one of the greatest uh, motivators for me. Parliament, Funkadelic, Marvin Gaye, Stevie Wonder, Ray Charles. I mean, the list goes on. Quincy Jones, the Brothers Johnson. Um, let's see. Oh boy, the Emotions, uh, the Pointer Sisters. I mean, do, do we really want to go through this? I'm like, I haven't even hit rap, rap songs yet, like UTFO, the real real Roxanne, Roxanne Shantae, Biz Markey, Big Daddy Kane, you know? Do I, do I really need to go? I mean, there's so much richness. MC Shan, LL Cool J, uh, and, of course, Public Enemy, uh, the Beastie Boys, even even um, uh, Heavy D and the Boys, and I'm thinking of trying to think of the group Crisscross. And I'm trying to get the name of the group uh, that did Jump Around. Uh, gosh, House of Pain. I can't think of the name of the group. It's not House of Pain. House of Pain. I, mean, yeah. we're, I mean, we're talking about, I mean, I'm a fan of Eminem. I'm a fan of 50 Cent. I'm a fan of G-Unit. I mean, I like music. It's about the music to me. If the music moves you, it's great. I mean, I could talk about singers like Fonda Ray with Over Like a Fat Rat. I mean, I, I mean, there's tons of, tons and tons of great artists out there. MC Breed. Well, there ain't no future in your funkin'. Yeah. I mean, you're frontin'. Um, MC Shy D, like I said, Luke and the two live crew and the two live crew. And, you know, <laughs> I mean, do I, do I need to keep going on? I mean, seriously. We're good. Uh, We're digital good. Underground. I mean, it, when you say make a, make a playlist, I just did that for somebody. It's Dre. You yeah, yeah, yeah. songs in your playlist. It was like 50 songs I sent over to them. They said, what? Huh? 
It's like, yeah, of course I listen to Phil Collins. Who doesn't listen to Phil Collins in the air tonight? Come on. That's crazy. That's crazy. But But who also doesn't listen? I mean, and I I can say Michael and Prince all the way of the fence. Absolutely. Absolutely. Shaka Khan. Come on. Shaka Khan? Come on. And Rufus? Come on. This is is what we grew up with. And don't forget, let's not forget, even though she may have left us in a harsh manner, but Whitney Houston was an amazing, amazing singer, along with your Mariah Carey's of the world. I mean, I can go, the lists go on. I mean, there's so many incredible artists that have, Amy Winehouse, for just what she did at the time she was here. A lot of great folks out there. A lot of great folks. David Bowie. I mean, I'm not just throwing names out saying, oh, they're just throwing names. No. This is what I listen to. This is what I DJed with. I DJed to an eclectic, wide-stream audience of people. I mean, I just didn't do the local stuff. I went and did bar mitzvahs, too. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I, I DJed it. I DJed at many an Italian wedding. That that hey hey hey, go play that stuff, man. But if I played Grandmaster Flash and 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 the Furious Five, White Line, folks was on the floor stomping <laughs> harder than anybody. Like what the hell is this all about? But that's that's the beauty of what hip hop and rap music was all about. Yep. Is that when it crossed those lines, like Tone Loke or Young MC. And I mean, don't get me wrong, we laughed at Young MC. Um, bust the move. We said, that's crap. What is that? <laughs> and it's still a huge song, and he still works off that song. Get I mean, you want to say what you want to say about Vanilla Ice, but Ice Ice Baby still gets people to the floor. So yes, the music was important. And I got to give big credit to MC Hammer, because he was the one that brought the entertainment dazzle, dazzle back to it, with the dances and Oak Town 357. Yeah, but you can't forget the Notorious B.I.G. You can't forget... Um, Nas, you can't forget. I mean, you want me to make a list? <laughs> the list is, is incredible. Faith Evans, Mary J. Blige. I mean, I, I'm just starting. I'm just starting. I'm trying not to leave anybody out. And that's why I, I, I hate doing lists because music for me is emotional for what songs move me here. I mean, what can you say about a group like Rose Royce who, who, whose songs have been um, done over and over again? Yeah. First, they was working at the car wash, you know. Then, you know, it's, it's, uh, I mean, groups like Odyssey, Hall and Oates. I mean, for real? This is what this is what we did. We looked out for beats. We were like crazy beat, 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 beat people. I mean, we would sit and argue over how come this beat is better than that. I'm not even getting into jazz influences from the Coltrane's to Bill Withers to um, Herbie Hancock. I mean, um, I was listening to the, the, the legendary DJ Marley Marl one day. He was doing a mid midtown mix, a midday mix here on a local station. And he was playing Herb Albert's Rise with another record and mixing it. And I was like, Wow. Finally we could just hear the music of it all. I mean, what happened to the art and noise with beatbox and close to the edit? What happened to Malcolm McLaren with Buffalo Girls going around the outside? <laughs> or, you know, do you like scratching? I mean, that's hip hop. That's what <laughs> we are. That's for real. Does it make That's you mad? That's the essence of being prolific. Yeah, I was gonna say, does it make you mad? Because every year when you hear about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame opening up more to hip hop acts, uh, R and B acts, and there are people and detractors who will come out and say, "This is strictly rock and roll. Why are they letting this in?" Does that? Well, does first that make of you, all, rock and roll people make, need to like, get, need to understand what rock and roll and where it came from. It was yeah. a gentleman. The king of rock and roll was really Chuck Berry. He yes, coined the phrase. In song, he coined the phrase in songs, and Little Richard was the emperor. You can't deny that. Now Elvis, who enjoyed listening 
to blues. That's where he grew up. That's where he grew up around. And he enjoyed listening to people when he made blue suede shoes. He didn't write and make that stuff. He heard that. He heard that. Rock and roll was around, but it used to be a black term for music. Mm-hmm. You can go to Chuck Berry songs. Listen to his rock and roll rhythm and blues. I mean, that's that's the truth. So we I treat rock and roll like it's foreign because what happened is that the industry separated it because they wanted to have lines. They wanted to have the white musician, they wanted to have the black musician. It's just like everybody going crazy over Little Nas X with his song, with his country western song. Yeah. Black folks were listening to country western and part of country western. Charlie Pride, mm-hmm. Ray Charles made a huge album with country no, western music. Grammy for it. <laughs> so what? So what? That's the whole point. So the Rock and Roll um, Hall of Fame, which I do believe Fab Five Freddy, Dr. Dre, Ed Lover, and T Money should be inducted, just like they inducted Dick Clark. I mean, what we did, we changed the music landscape. And we brought forth artists like Queen Latifah, Moni Love, that you got to see for the first time on this show internationally. Yes. Our impact, our artists, our rap artists and hip-hop artists' impact is, is, is substantial. Give me a song bigger than Roxanne Roxanne by UTFO at that time, produced by the group called Full Force, who brought you Lisa Lisa and the Coke Jam. Who brought you the Coke Jam? Yeah. Come on, this is for real. This is real. I mean, say what you want to say about it. This is the music we created. It's like when you understand Prince's influences and where he got it from, or even Michael Jackson's influence, that's James Brown, Jackie Wilson, Sam Cooke. When you talk about my playlist, you better you better, better hold on tight because I'm going to come at you from so many different angles, not to prove that I'm that eclectic. I go by what moves me. Yeah. You can compare uh, Fat Joe's Lean Back to Sam Cooke's Lean Back. Yep. They're the same song. <laughs> I mean, you're talking about a group like the Osley Brothers. Why aren't they in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Yet every rock and roll artist knows of those Ernie Isley strings and, the, and, the, yep. and those vamps. Come on. Come on. And we're all going to live it up? Everybody's got a groove? Curtis Mayfield. Come on, I mean, I mean, I'm just gliding over stuff. Don't let me go into <laughs> legends like Isaac Hayes. Don't let me go there. <laughs> Speaking, I of, mean, but I still love groups like Chicago. I still love um, uh, Heat Wave. I mean, Heat Wave is one of the most influential groups in my life. I remember seeing them perform live. Rick James was a rock and roll, or he called it a uh, punk rock and roll superstar. You're talking about Super Freak has, has lasted since it came out. Yeah. Give it to me, baby. Mary Jane. That's Rick James <laughs> and Tina Marie. Yeah. Come on. no. Who who didn't try to make love to um uh, <laughs> uh, uh to a Rick James and Tina Marie uh, duet? Yeah. Who didn't? Fire and desire. Fire. Don't, let, don't <laughs> get me wrong. Don't let me go get your man, my man, T.P., Teddy Pendergrass. We're talking You're about off. Super Come on, Teddy Pendergrass, only you. You got, you got, you got what I need. Teddy P. Teddy P. Come on. <laughs> I think I'm I'll, I'll, I'll go back to how I'm over in the blue. So when you talk about those kind of groups, when you talk about the Motown sound with the Four Tops, the Temptations, the Supremes, I mean, I, I mean, I'm thinking all the top ones. And Smokey Robinson, his contribution as a writer and an artist is unfounded. Unfounded. Yeah. 
So was, uh, the, this, this is how the threads of music go through everything. And we right. were in the, the weird thing, not weird, I hate saying weird. The, the interesting part is we were on the cusp of that change and, and, and watching it go from that guard to where we are and watching them dismiss us. And I went, but didn't you guys just go through that too? So you got to this position? So let's not judge everything. Let's not judge us. I mean, treat us like the Delphonics. Treat us like uh, um, um, Shy Lights. Treat us like all these groups where we sampled. And this is where people like the R. Kelly's came up and started to follow through. Groups like LTD with, uh, featuring Jeffrey Osborne. I mean, where is that recognition? They don't hand me Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, Music Hall of Fame. There's so many things that I'm talking about. Just, just giving praise to Aretha Franklin. There were so many others alike Aretha Franklin who didn't get the same thing. Gladys Knight and the Pips, yes, and the Pips, <laughs> huge, huge. Yes, speaking huge. of, and that's what we're we're missing. That's what I said. Don't term it. Don't use terms like old school. Because when Paul McCartney goes out there to to sell tickets, and Elton John and Billy Joel and any of those guys go out there to perform, not one of them use the, the moniker old school. No, the Ringo Starr, they go out there and they just perform. And they sell out. When you think you sell out, oh, I sold that out one time at the Summer Jam. No, they sell out for the week. Yes, That's how is. many fans they got. They got decades and decades and decades of fans. So do we. Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five, Spoonie G, Woody Wood, DJ Hollywood, all have that impact. We don't think. We, that's what I said. Stop calling them old. These are our, these are our legends. These are our icons. I'm just a great fan of this music. I sit back with a big smile. Uh, Joe Ski Love with Pee Wee's Dance. We all did that. DJ so, Easy Rock and Rob Bass. That song, it's like that song came out last week. It's still playing. It's, it is. Look at the impact of that song. The Mastodon Committee. I mean, am I rolling too many out? <laughs> <laughs> you roll a lot out. It's going to make me go back to my yeah. record collection. I think my, heroes, my heroes are DJ, DJ Cool DJ Red Alert. Chuck, chill out. Legendary Marley Mall, and of course the one and only the man who put it all on the map for us that we got behind a microphone and galvanized this music was, of course, the great Mr. Magic. No matter how you feel about him personally, Mr. Magic on WHBI that we used to stand outside with a radio and aluminum foil trying to tune into this thing because he was playing the music we wanted to hear. And Africa Islam was running Zulu beats. And Africa Vimbada and the Soul Sonic Force were coming out with, with Planet Rock, as well as listening to Kraftwerk with Trans Europe Express. I mean, it goes on, numbers. So when we talk about, hey, well, who are all these people? That's my issue, because we don't have those songs. Why not? So that's why I say I'm not bounded by a term, rock and roll, R&B, hip hop. I'm bounded by I love all this music. I, I can listen to uh, um, it. I can listen to Miley Cyrus like I can listen to Lizzo. (laughs) I I get it. I do get it. Before we uh, kind of wrap up things here tonight, I want to play a little bit of word association with you, and I wanted to name off a couple of places and people and get your brief thoughts on them. So the first one, and you've mentioned it earlier, uh, WBAU. The greatest melting pot. The greatest incubator of Long Island slash New York slash world entertainment. 
You're talking about from WBAU, my good, blessed friend, rest in peace, Rusty J. Amy Wachtel, the night nurse, the Crow Sisters, the Mr. Bill Show, the Super Spectrum Mixer on one half, the MC DJ Flavor Show, and eventually the Operating Room, and my um, my successor, Wildman Steve. WBAU Leaders of New School with Buster Rhyme, Charlie Brown, Dinko D. De La Souls come through there. Boogie Down Productions, KRS-One, and Scott LaRock. Uh, like I said, Africa Bambada. All people, the Beastie Boys were on, were, were, on, on, were, were on the operating room before they were the Beastie Boys. LL Cool J, Run DMC. That's what I think about BAU. It's 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 like a void. We're missing that so much. Hot ninety seven. Hot ninety seven. Proved that commercial could embrace this music and culture, and through the idea of a man called Fred Bugs, and then Paco Lopez, who gave the idea to Steve Smith to bring on Dr. Dre and Ed Lover in the mornings that transformed the rest of the world with hip-hop radio in the morning. Uh, That's a whole other book I got to talk about later. I can't even go (laughs) deep into it. But Hot 97 was the third New York radio station I actually worked at. We actually worked at the legendary WBLS 107.5 on the weekends in the Mr. Magic slot. And the other one I worked at was WNWK, which was formerly WHBI, where Mr. Magic worked at. Seems like I was following Mr. Magic all over the place. And thanks to Aaron Fuchs from Tough City, who put me in that slot to host what I, when he heard me at uh, BAU. And then we got to Hot 97. And to this day, as you can see, we not only laid the groundwork, we built the city. And we did it again at Power 105 in New York also. So the Dr. Dre and Ed Lover brand, Ed Lover Dr. Dre brand, was amazingly strong. But unfortunately, we didn't have the same opportunities that happen today. And that's the benefit when you, they say people stand on your shoulders for the success that you see today. And I heard mm-hmm. Whoopi Goldberg just correct someone about that, a young young person who said, before you insult my my peers, I think she was talking to Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, before you insult and call us old, without us, you wouldn't be where you're sitting because we were fighting the fights before you were even cognizant of it, before you were out of diapers. And that's the same thing that I hear all the time. I listen to talk to people who are like 40 years old. You know, I never heard your show, but I hear all about it, because I can go to YouTube and I see it and I go, my God, that's you. I can't believe that. That is you. <laughs> all right, next on the list, UMTV Jams. UMTV Jams? Mm-hmm. Or UMTV Raps? Oh, UMTV Raps, sorry. <laughs> Yo MTV Raps, one of the greatest blessings I've ever been bought and was asked to participate in, a very great blessing. But without WBAU, I don't think I could have worked well at Yo MTV Raps today. And, again, thank you very much to Peter Darty. Thank you very much to Ted Demi. Thank you very much to the executives at the time. But, again, when you read the book, you're going to hear my conversation and you're going to hear – some behind-the-scenes stuff that most people didn't realize it happened to us at, uh, during those moments. A lot of stuff that happened. Like I said, like I said 
I had to edit the book down. So I know what's going to happen when it comes out. You got to tell us more about that. What else happened? And I said, well, I didn't want to give you uh, Becoming Michelle Obama book because I didn't think I could do failures with it. But the more I talk to people, the more I talk to people like yourself, I know another one's going to have to be done in that vein. About uh, original concept. Original concept, I go back to the original name. It was called The Concept, the name of the DJ group. Original concept was my heart, my love, my soul, my brothers I grew up with. Original concept was larger than four guys that you saw on an album cover. Dr. Dre, T-Money, EZG, Rockwell, and Rapper G. It was people like AJ, Rob Sweets, people like uh, the Tantalizing 2, um, Ozzy and the other, his other dance guy, King Saul, uh, rest in peace, my man Elliot Nobles, who helped co-produce the album with me, uh, Kenny Wallace, who sat through all our crap to get it done, um, all the people that participated on that. I can't remember all the people that participated to make the crowd sound, sounds for Pump That Bass, Randy London, the late Mike Saxon, Original concept was a, was a idea because when we signed as an artist, we were sitting there. I was dumb dumbfounded, <laughs> going, "We signed a record contract for what? We don't we don't rhyme. <laughs> we're not red sheets. What are, what are we doing?" So I had to sit and really think and what to do to produce that record. And uh, we were a brainchild of a bunch of ideas. People saying this album is so monumental and was so oh it didn't do this at that time. And now people are discovering it. And people didn't realize I produced under my government name, Andre A. Brown. And it's starting to find all the music I did. I did the theme music for Yo! TV Raps and uh, done remixes for countless others. But back then, we couldn't put Dr. Dre on a record. I had to use my name. And now they're starting to catch on to it. Like in your montage earlier when you played Can You Feel It from Original Concept. I called Original Concept one of the greatest experiments in my life. And unfortunately, when you read the book about that, you're going to read about the struggles of what how that record actually came out. And it's an unfortunate thing. But if you go to Spotify, you help put my kids through college if you actually download a few things, and I'll get that little residual check, and I can send some money to my kids who are in college. I have two sons who are musicians, and I have another son getting ready to graduate um, high school. So, yeah, I have to pay some bills. <laughs> So thank you. Last, thank you for helping the original concept family. <laughs> yes, and last but not least on the list, Ed Lover. Mm-hmm. My brother from another mother. Um, we did what Abbott and Costello, the Nicholas Brothers, uh, uh, since I've tried. I want to say Jerry Lewis and Dean Martin. I would think that would be more of our relationship. That we became this thing and we went on this juggernaut with no directions, with no understanding of what it could be, and found a love for each other because we first met at the audition for Yom TV Raps Today. Peter called me in because he knew of my work with the Beastie Boys and he saw me DJing at a loft party. This is also in the book. I'll give this away. I've told the story a thousand times. I walk down the hall, there's a skinny black kid with his hair in it. And I'm like, who the hell is a hall boy? Here I go. I got to go for this interview. I don't look like that. He's skinny. He can fit into you. It makes no sense for me to be there. Bottom line is, it was Ted Demi's forethought 
to put us together. We did an improv in his audience. He thought it was hysterical. He took the tape and ran down the, ran down the hall, showed it to Doug Herzog, Judy McGrath, and the powers that be, and they said, we love him. Can you get him? And that's how we got our start. So uh, Ed not, right now is doing a show in Chicago in the morning, I believe, yes, out there. I may not see him in between times, being times, but I just saw him recently at a uh, screening for Who's the Man, our movie we did mm-hmm. uh, with, for, with Action Brunson in Brooklyn, and he started crying. And the first thing he said to me, he says, you still got fucking hair. You still, how come you still got fucking hair? I don't even know how you still have hair. I like all said, dude, you know I always have hair. He says, yeah, I watch you shave your hair off, and your hair always goes back. What are you doing? What are you putting up there? Are you rubbing it between somebody's legs? I said, please, stop it, stop it. You know that doesn't work. I go, lies, it does work. But honestly, that's that's my brother from another mother. We may have, we've had great times. We've had wonderful times. We've had angry times. We've had reunion times. We've um, decided you need to do your ideas. I'll go do my ideas and see how it works out for each one of us and have to rediscover who we are. And you never know. We could be back together before you know it. You just never know. But I love the man from the bottom of my heart like I love my other brothers. And uh, family's not even a word I use with him. Um, I just smile because when we come together, it's like magic. It, it's You name any, any duo that you want to talk about, whether it be uh, Rest in Peace, Kobe Bryant and Shaquille O'Neal, uh, Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen, uh, you you name it, you name it. It's just that's the kind of relationship we have. It's just it's just a symbiotic soul relationship. If anything else, we had one of the greatest marriages in entertainment, and we we'll never admit there was a divorce, but there was a separation. But when we get back together, it's like oh man, so. Are you buying groceries this time? No. Don't forget to go get this. Don't forget to do that. It's like we never walked away from each other. Well, I can't think of uh, any better way to wrap up tonight with those sentiments and words. And actually, in my own humble opinion, uh, two guys who should be in the Radio Hall of Fame uh, as a person who has listened to a lot of radio in his day. I want to make sure I get this out for the folks that are in Connecticut, especially in Bridgeport, because I know that you are going to be somewhere this upcoming Saturday. Uh, the Connecticut Against Violence 5th Annual Hip-Hop Expression of Black History, uh, the conversation with Ra- uh, Rakeem, the author of Sweat the Technique. You will be on that panel uh, on yes. Saturday, correct? I've been doing that for the last four years. Uh, it's called Dr. Dre Day up there. I got that with the with the blessings of Kingsley Osprey, and I got that that um, blessing with DJ Cool DJ Red Alert also. Um, I'm up there so we can talk about, again, the Connecticut Against Violence, and then understanding that we have to solve that problem as communities. We can't we can't keep turning our back and act like we don't see what's going on. Not only in the Black and Latin community, minority communities all over, the immigrant community. We have to go back to humanity. So yeah, I'm gonna go up there. I'll be there. You can go online and see where the flyers lie. You can go to my Instagram page at Dr. Dre39 or Lord of Media, those are two separate pages you can go to. You can go to my LinkedIn page, which is Dr. Dre's Victory Foundation, or Dr. Dre Media page, and you'll see the flyers there. You can go to my um, Facebook page, Andre Dr. Dre Brown, and I got seven other pages that go along with that. Um, If you want to, you can call and put your head out the window and say, Dre, where's it happening? 
Bridgeport, Connecticut, knucklehead. Be there. It starts at 10 in the morning. We'll be there. It's all afternoon. There's a lot of great folks out there. And if worst comes to worst, go get an autograph from Rakim and buy a book. But you'll see me there, too, speaking to the people and discussing what we really need to do. And uh, United States Senator Robert Blumenthal will be there. We've become good friends over the years, going back and forth with this. And I'm looking to meet all the new um, politicians that are going to be there because this health and wellness revolution that I'm talking about, this campaign, it's not about Dr. Dre. It's about all of us, all the people who know someone with a chronic disease. I'm going to be in Arizona in uh end of March going to a 5K uh, campaign that deals with kidney disease and how many of us are on dialysis. Big shout-out to my man, GI out there, Sheldon Sherwood, who's battling his, his situation with his his kidney kidney situation. I mean, yeah, so we're putting together a major force of folks because everything connects to everything. Our climate, our air, our water, our, our, our nutrition, our food. I mean, big up to the people of Flint who are fighting and fighting the fight. The big up to the people in Newark who are fighting the fight because they can't drop drinking water. Something as essential as water. When you can't, when you, when you, when you, water is poisoned and compromised you got to think about that. So, yeah, this is just a whole different, I call it new landscape I'm, I'm on, but it's the real most important landscape because it's about our futures. It's about our children and our children's children and their children's children. It's about our parents and our grandparents and our economic um, uh, uh, growth. But we have to get, deal with our health first. So, uh, like I said, I'll be in Connecticut at the end of this week on Saturday. And I'm trying to get down. I'm just trying. We're going to work it out. We're going to be down in Arizona. And then you'll see those flies up on those uh, particular things. Big up to Anna Lynn Scott and Raymond also. Yeah, I got a lot of folks out there. Big up to Nathaniel Jordan, the Minister of Wellness. Big up to my man Tony Cruz. And big up to Al Bazario, who I just joined their group. That I'm, I'm, I'm just being a part of groups and finding information so I can drag everybody in. It's that important to me now. Because... Don't look at me and say, oh, woe is Dre. Whoa, look what's happened to Dre. No, look at me and say, I can't believe what turned around. Did you see that? Did you see that? That's what's important to me. That's what we have to do. And I'm not saying me. I said we. We have to become the greatest community around the globe so we can combat all the things that are coming to us. And we start big time November 3rd, reverse the curse. That's all I'm going to say. Reverse the curse. Because they're taking everything away from us. How dare that man pass something and take a million people off a snack? How dare you? How dare you? It's about human lives. How dare you? We have the, the price of pharmaceuticals for people who need insulin for just to live. So I'm with a campaign called Insulin for, insulin for All. Come on, people. When we, when are we gonna when are we gonna realize what's going on? Here's the thing, Australia, the continent, is on fire, and in a few weeks, California will join. So we're gonna keep ignoring what's going on around us, or we're just gonna enjoy tornadoes by the hundreds and hurricanes getting stronger. Ask the people of the Bahamas. See, just because you're out of the news, I don't forget. I don't forget. I don't turn my back. The people in Haiti, people in in, in Dominican Republic. The poor people of Puerto Rico who had earthquakes out of news, so they must have fixed it. No, no. It's time for us as 
human beings around this globe. We're all interconnected with anybody. And you can tell by this virus that's now spreading faster than you can breathe. If we don't take control of our own destiny, that's where we're going to end up. And I believe there's so many great things. There's so many great, whether you're a sports sports person, an entertainer, politician, or if you're just a family person. You're a single mother with four kids just trying to get through. You're someone who needs help to be to to work on um, prison reform, real prison reform, not these fake moves that are being made. And don't be used by the powers that be because he he pardoned you, and then you want to go on a rant because he, he that's, that's just a political move. That's a game. Don't be a part of the game. Let's change the game. That's what it was about for us when I got involved with this from 1979 to today. It's about changing the game that we saw. Remember, I won't play Sun City. That was that was a movement too. Remember when South African had apartheid? Mm-hmm. Now it doesn't. Remember that? And yeah. I try to tell people, history repeats itself. And be careful of the change you don't think are around your ankles and then you're around your arms because you're driving a shiny car. Don't get fooled. Don't be fooled. Don't be fooled. And with so that, that, that's uh, what I'm about, and I'm, I'm going to leave you with that because I know I'm going to hear it from everybody else. Trey, you went off on a deep rant. <laughs> <laughs> but that's Look, what we I love, love I love you, man. I love hey, you I so love much. You. I love you. Yeah. Thank you so much, Spontaneous, for putting me down with this. Happy birthday to you, girlfriend. Um, you're the best. And anytime you need me, please call me, and I would love to come sit and have another conversation with you because this is what I'm doing. This is what I'm going to do. I hope we do. I'd love to have another show with you on this because there's so much that needs to be explained and, you know, talked about. And I definitely, I would have to say, I've been doing this now and I'm going to be honest with everybody out there. I've been doing this now for close to 10 years. This is one of my, I have a lot of favorite interviews and this definitely is up there because you are definitely a hero when it comes to the world of music. And I can't thank you enough for taking time out on this Sunday night to join us. Thank you so much. You're so welcome, and um, thank you for this blessing. And, of course, a special thank you to Spontaneous, who I know is listening tonight, and a uh, special thanks to DJ Waheed for the mix that you're going to hear coming up. And I would definitely just have to say in closing, we'll have all of the links to the things that Dr. Dre is going to be doing as well as the information on this Saturday in Connecticut. Definitely follow him, definitely support, and from all of us here in PLM Chicago and from PLM, we thank you once again for listening to this broadcast because without you, there is no us, and we love you one for it. One quick thing. One quick thing. Yeah. Please listen to Ed Love in tomorrow morning. You're in Chicago. Turn him on. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you'll love that. Listen to Ed Love here in Chicago. And, uh, yeah, definitely. I'll be listening on my way to work. So for all of you, thank you again for listening, and thank you so much, Dr. Dre. I I hope that you will be back here and talking with us some more and sharing your insight and, you know, definitely much love and thank you so much for all that you do. Thank you. Peace and blessings to you. Love you much, man. Love you much. All right. Good night, everybody, and stay tuned next for the opening that you heard in its entirety from DJ Waheed and, like I said, from all of us here at PLM in Chicago. I'm LeVar Evans. Good night. Mm. P-L-L, baby. I, oh, these various rappers are so hilarious.
hilarious. Who put the mic down, but y'all ain't qualified to carry this, y'all. Tracks are garbage, your bars are miscellaneous. So, throwing your joint out my car was spontaneous. Spontaneous.
Oh, I traveled all over the world with the beast. With the beast. With the beast. Now, here's a little story I got to tell about three bad brothers you know so well. It started way back in history with that rock and me. I've had a little horsey named Paul Revere. Just me and my horsey in a quart of beer. Riding across the land, kicking up sand. Sheriff splashes on my tail because I'm in demand. One lonely BCIP. All by myself without nobody. The sun is beating down on my baseball hat. The air is getting hot. The beer is getting flat. Looking for a girl. I ran into a guy. His name is MCA. I said, howdy. He said, how? I got a letter from the government the other day. I opened and read it. It said they were suckers. Ground girls used to frown, sing them down when I come around, gas me, and when they pass me, they used to lay back. But now they watch me on Yo MTV Raps today with Ed Lover and Dr. J. Dr. J.
to our options, slam the flip flam and dip jam. You can run, but you can't hide, you can't go far. No matter where you go, there you are. Mo, 
I wreck the mic like a pimp pimp shows. Here's how it goes, I am a genius, I mean this I shape this, you'll take this, I'm kinda fiendish You wish that you could come into my neighborhood Meaning my mental state, still I'm five foot eight Crazy as I wanna be, cause I make it orderly You could say I'm sorta of the boss, so get lost The brother who will make you change opinions Dominions, I'm in them when it's time to kick shit from the heart Cause I get a piece of the action Feeling satisfaction from the street crowd reaction Jumps pull guns when they feel afraid Too late, when they dip in the kick, they get sprayed Lemonade was a popular drink, and it still is I get more props and stunts than Bruce Willis A poet like Langston Hughes and can't lose when I cruise out on the expressway, leaving the bodega, I say suave. Premier's got more beats than Bond's got hate. Clips are inserted into my gun, so I can take the money, never have to run. Been to none, none of them. That's all because every time I come to the door, they keep mistaking me for somebody. Who is that? Exceptions to this rule. I don't be getting mad when we playing, it's cool. But don't you be calling. 
calling me out my name I bring rap to those who disrespect me like a dame That's why I'm talking One day I was walking down the block I had my cut off shorts on right Cause it was crazy I, I walked past these dudes when they passed me One of them felt my booty, he was nasty I turned around red, somebody was catching the rat Then the little one said Yeah, me bitch And laughed Since he was with his boys, he tried to break fly I punched him dead in his eye Dead in his eye What's up, money? Yo, Dr. Dre, what's going on here, man? Fuck, you said you was taking Darlene home from the club, but to my crib, man, not to New York. Word, I pull the trigger long, grip my teeth, pray that every nigga's gone. Got my block sewn on my dope spot. Last thing I sweat, so suck a punk cop. Move like a king when I roll hops. You try to flex, bang, another nigga drop. You gotta deal with this, cause in the way out. Why? Cash money ain't never gonna play out. I got nothing to lose, much to gain. In my brain, I got a capitalist migraine. I gotta get paid tonight. You motherfucking right, stick in my grip. Check my bitch, keep my game tight. So many hoes on my jock, think I'm a movie star. 19, I got a $50,000 car. Go to school, I ain't going for it. Kiss my ass, bust a cap on the Moet. Cause I don't wanna hear that crap. I'd rather be a new jack. Let's introduce the Wu-Tang Clan to you out there who don't know everybody in the group. Starting at this end. Starting at this end.
Bing. Bing. Bing.